eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The Bucks never stop here. You're listening to Green and Growing, hosted by Sparky Pfeiffer and Nathan Marzion. Welcome in, Steve Sparky Fiverr, twelve fifty AM, the fan, along with Nathan Marzian, Bucks super fan. Follow him on Twitter, like all the women do, at Nathan Marzian. I get to get him to blush or smile every time I say that. Anytime I bring up women around Marzian, he starts smirking and smiling. You got a girlfriend yet? We haven't checked in this week on you yet. You, you, are you still single? Yes, I am very keep single. The ladies updated, man. I keep the ladies updated. Uh, okay, so uh, the Golden State Warriors, uh, I would say, embarrassed uh, for the most part at Pfizer form uh, against the Bucks on Tuesday night in a game that I think going in, being on TNT, Golden State had him beat Boston. Thought I think everybody thought, okay, boy, this is going to be a hell of a game. This is going to be fun to watch. And it really wasn't, Nathan. I mean, the Bucks kind of got out in front and never looked back. Yeah, the Warriors, I mean, they've struggled so much on the road. It's insane. They are now 2-12 and 12 at, on the road and 12-2 and two at home. And, like, again, if you watch them on, at home, you look at them and, you know, they beat Boston. They've had some good wins there. And you're like, man, you know, this team's really good. They're still a championship contender. And then you, you watch them on the road and it's like, this team sucks. I mean, if you had only watched their road games, you'd think they're arguably the worst team in the league. And if you'd only watched their home games, you'd think they're a championship contender. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's crazy. And I, you know, I know, I knew that going in, I knew they had struggled on the road, particularly defensively. They're the second worst defense on the road this season behind only the Spurs or ahead of only the Spurs. And, um, you know, so I knew, okay, the Bucks are going to have a chance here to really get their offense going. And I mean, the Warriors hit 23s and still lost by 20 because yep. the Bucks dominated them inside of the three point line on both ends. And, you know, their, their defense just could not stop us even with Giannis shooting that many jumpers and we'll get to that later, even with Giannis shooting that many jumpers and, you know, not hitting really any of them, they, they the bucks still just had their way. It wasn't even really a, a close contest. And now, you know, they're missing Wiggins, which is a little bit, but that's not that much. And he provides a little bit for, for them on both ends. But I mean, bucks are missing drew. It's like, I don't know. You just, you thought that game would be closer than it was. And it just kind of speaks to how bad they've been on the road and they, they have to figure it out at some point or that it's, they're just not going to be a championship contending team. They really need James Wiseman to come back and do something and be be a part of this. I know he's kind of working his way back up through the G League and so forth, but they really need him to be a factor uh, on the inside for them going forward because they they really need some help. Because when you deal 
you know, inside with Giannis or Brooke Lopez and guys going at the rim, they're going to have problems. And they're not the only team in the league that have problems anytime you have that type of deal. The Bucs are very fortunate. We've talked about it a million times to have a guy like Brooke Lopez, 76ers, fortunate to have a guy like Joel Embiid that can protect the rim. There's, But there's not a lot of those teams in the league that have those uh, type of rim protectors that can change games. And for me, it wasn't as much that they lost. It was the technical fouls and the crying and the whining. And I mean, you, they were acting like they were a bunch of little kids out there wanting every little tic-tac call. And I saw you posted, uh, you quote tweeted one video that some, I'm assuming Warriors fan tweeted out uh, on one play where I think it was Middleton looked like he flew by him and like Curry went flying backwards onto his butt or whatever. Um, and they didn't call a foul and Curry was got up yelling and screaming that, that he wanted a foul. And the person that tweeted it out kind of gave like a sad emoji, like can't believe they missed that. I don't know necessarily if the refereeing was that much in favor of the Milwaukee Bucks necessarily, but even if it was in favor of the Bucks, you're the defending champions act like it. I mean, act like you've been there before. Act like you know how to play in the regular season. Fine. Calls don't go your way. Pull up your, you know, your big boy pants and get after it. Don't worry about it. Play through it. Again, this isn't an inexperienced young team. Like if this was the Rockets that, that are a bunch of young kids that are trying to figure this out. Okay. I kind of get that. They, they've not been through it. They're trying to figure out to find their way. The Golden State Warriors should be better than this. Kerr and Curry and Draymond. Well, Draymond, we'll get to him later, but. Th those guys should all be better than the way they were acting last night. That was, to me, that was the most disappointing thing, Nathan. Yeah, and and you kind of, you know, expected a little bit from Draymond. He's always been the guy that talks a little bit more. He's going to bark at the officials a bit more, and he's just, he's going to open his mouth more. But the guy, you know, Curry and Poole and Steve Kerr, it's like, I don't know, it just was, it was interesting. And again, I, maybe there was a call missed. I, the one I quote tweeted where, I think it was Wesley Matthews, I think, flew by him and like, Maybe he did graze him on the, in the face or somewhere, but I'm like, it wasn't if, if I mean, on the video, you cannot see it that well. Like if he did, it wasn't an obvious thing. If there's some small graze that doesn't get called, that's not abnormal. Like this isn't, this was not a foul. I expected when he was, you know, when, when Steph Curry, who does not bark at the officials that much was barking at the officials and got attacked. I'm like, okay, this must've been pretty egregious. And I watched it. I just was like, that, I mean, that's, I feel like if that happens, there's a 50-50 shot. It's not getting called. And you should kind of expect that as a player. Okay, it was a slight graze or like. But, it, you know, but when you're a superstar in this league, you expect everything to be called for you. Giannis yeah. doesn't get that. But when you're a guard like Curry flopping all over the place, I think you do expect to get those ticky-tack calls. Yeah. And again, I think it's fair that he expects. I think it's fair to get a little bit upset. But like, again, the way they the way they acted was just over the top. And then, you know, again, Poole had one where he was yelling and Steve Curry had a tech. Draymond's yelling at the fans and it's just like, man, yeah, it was, it was, I, I like Golden State. Like I am a, I, when the Bucks are like knocked out of the playoffs, Golden State's a team I usually root for. I like Curry. I like Clay. Um, I like Wiggins. I like how they kind of built their team outside of when they got KD. But I mean, so, so I'm not, I'm not against them, but th that was a game where I just kind of was like, if this was, you know, your first time watching the Golden State Warriors, I could see why you would dislike them off of this game. You know, they, sure. they definitely did not have the most likable game. And um, just real quick, going back to their their play, one of the guys I was, and I know he hasn't had a great season, but Jordan Poole looked really bad. Yeah, he, he was did. he was like rushing things. He was not patient. He was not controlled. He was not calm. He just looked like he was trying to force it and take over. And it was like, 
I don't know. I was I was very surprised at how bad he looked. Um, I like him. Like I, I liked him last year, and and I want to see him succeed. But it was just kind of like he did succeed. Wow. He got paid. He he yeah. succeeded. I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He succeeded. He's good for the rest of his life. He's fine. But yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, your, your point is you want him to see him play better, and I'm just messing with you by saying that. But I mean, yeah. that, see, that's the thing, though, right? So. And this is a slippery road to go down, right? Because if there's any athletes watching this, they're going to get all mad at me, but whatever. Sometimes, as a fan, you see a guy get paid, and all of a sudden the play drops off. You see a guy have a career year, get paid on that career year, Larry Sanders, and then not the same player ever again. John Selman's had a half a season, got paid for his half a season. Larry Sanders got paid for his full season in a couple of months or whatever it ended up being uh, for Larry Sanders. Uh, and then wasn't that guy ever again after that. Not saying Jordan Poole is going to be those two because he's young, has got a lot of game left in him. Uh, he's not the same type of player necessarily as those two. Uh, but he's got to play at a higher level in order for them to be dangerous in the playoffs, for sure. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, it again, you don't want to assume that, you know, he got paid and now doesn't care. Uh, like it just off of one year, you know, you want to give him some benefit of the doubt. Maybe he's just, you know, it's a, it's a slow start to the year or whatever. Um, but yeah, you, I mean, that happens all the time. And I think it makes you appreciate the guys that do keep it up and the guys that do get better, even after they get that contract. And even after they, you know, become superstars, like again, like a Giannis, you know, we know he continues to get better, but like he kind of got paid in, in 2017 or whatever it was 2018, when he got that four year um, kind of extension, it was maybe, maybe even earlier than that. He got that four-year, I think it was a $100 million extension. And, you know, especially for a guy that, like, grew up with nothing, like, that could have just made him say, hey, you know, I'm set now. Like, that, I just made more money than I ever thought I'd make ever, you know. And he could have easily got, you know, just kind of gotten complacent. But, no, he wanted to get better. He got now a super max and still is getting better and still is working hard. And it's, like, makes you appreciate those guys. But, um, yeah, I mean, again, hopefully this isn't something that continues with Poole. I hope he, he – you know, can turn it around, get better, and play like he did last year. But we'll see. They're going to need it, him too. Because... It was cool though to see on Twitter. Somebody took a picture of him and posted him wearing his Rufus King uh, jacket uh, from back in the day. So that was yeah. pretty cool. Representing Milwaukee and Patrick Baldwin got a chance to go in there uh, and play in that game. Two hit a three pointer, and then I think he came back and hit a threw a threw up an air ball. I think the next time down. Uh, but that was kind of cool, right? Get to play in, in front of the fans. I got a. Got to watch you grow up uh, and play your high school ball there. And it didn't go the way he wanted, obviously, with the Panthers. Uh, he was hurt most of the year. Never got to be that dominant player like everybody thought. But I think at the end of the day, he landed in a great situation to where, just like Poole, they can learn from guys that have been at the top of the hill, won championships, been a part of winning championships, and take his time to grow and get better versus being rushed and thrown in there, see Johnny Davis, um, and told, all right, figure it out and go play at a high level. And sometimes you need that time to figure it out. And I think this is going to work out okay for him probably in the next couple of years. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, and he was actually one of my, Patrick Baldwin, he was one of my least favorite prospects coming out because just watching him, I was like, this guy is slow. His shot is inconsistent. It's all like theoretical. Like everything that you are, you know, are excited about with him, it hasn't actually been proven at a, you know, more than high school level. Right. Like he was not, you know, he wasn't able to score consistently in college. He wasn't able to pass it. He wasn't able to defend. He was slow. His shot was inconsistent. Everything was like, Yes, he has the size and the tools to do it, but he hasn't actually done it. And so I I was like, I don't want any part of him. Like, I just don't like that. But as soon as I saw he went to Golden State, it made me think, okay, you know, he if there's a team and a place that you can go to, you know, yeah. to make it work out, it's them. Um, I remember when Jordan Poole got drafted there, people were like, yeah, this guy's a – like, I, you know, people didn't love him coming out, but they kind of find a way to to develop those guys and make them, you know, just in that situation, playing with, playing with Curry, Clay, Draymond, not only with their style of play and how much – you know, attention they draw away from, from you, but also with their leadership abilities and their, you know, championship pedigree, it's like, it's going to make you better. It's going to be arguably the best place to go if you want to, you know, accelerate your career and thrive. Yeah, I totally agree. I think they do a really good job of developing guys. Uh, all right. Topic number two, when people say Draymond Green, what comes to your mind? Uh, let's just think about this. When people say Draymond Green, what comes to your mind? What, what do you think of what, what comes out of your mouth? Because I think Draymond Green is a guy that um, kind of is a lightning rod type guy that immediately generates some type of response. If you're a Golden State Warriors fan, probably a very good response. If you're a fan of any other team, probably not a great response. Uh, but either way, he generates some type of response. There are some players in this league, you say their name, you're like, eh, okay, yeah, nice player, eh, bench guy, eh, journeyman, right? That's kind of what it is. But with Draymond Green, I feel like people can talk forever on Draymond Green if you ask him about Draymond Green. Uh, don't forget Green and Growing Podcast is Nathan Marzian ponders what he's going to say on Draymond Green. All you have to do is download it on Odyssey, Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts. We're everywhere uh, that you want us to be as far as podcasting goes. Uh, and we do it twice a week. Normally we record on Tuesdays and Thursdays, but Bucks played uh, on Tuesday and Thursday this week. So we did the earlier recording on Monday uh, with my guy from 95.7 The Fan uh, in San Francisco. And we talked a lot about Draymond Green. Uh, on that one as well. And now Nathan Marzan returns here as we record this one uh, on Wednesday night. So Nathan, when people say Draymond Green, what comes to your mind? I'm conflicted on this. I don't know. I, if I, I think I would say, and this sounds like I'm a huge Draymond Green fan. I say this, I think he's underappreciated and, but this is more just simply on the court. I'm not saying, you know, I, 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 I as I said, I'm conflicted because there's things he does off the court. There's things he says, and there's things, you know, the, I guess the way he go about things sometimes it makes you annoyed. It makes you like, Oh, I can't stand this guy. But I do think on the court, he has been underappreciated a little bit. Um, I think he was more important in those championship runs than I think a lot. Like some people will give him credit for. And of course, if you put him on another team besides golden state, he's not going to be nearly as impactful, but also I think the warriors would be not as not nearly as good without him. I think it goes both ways. And, you know, so it, I've always had a little bit of a, and again, some of this goes back to me, you know, being 
a, a Warriors, I guess, supporter or Warriors, like when the Bucks aren't in it, I would kind of root for Golden State um, because I liked Curry and I liked kind of the whole squad they had there. And just, again, the way they went about things, drafting all their guys and um, develop, you know, kind of doing it the right way. And I always hated when, you know, I hate LeBron. So whenever they would go against LeBron, I'd root it sure. for the Warriors. So I, I'm a little bit biased in that sense of like, I kind of look at him in a little bit more positive light because I was rooting for him. But um, I, I just think that, you know, people automatically, a lot of people just hate him and, and it's like, oh, you know, he's not that good. And they're going to look at the point totals and they're going to look at stuff like that to, to say he's he's nothing. And it's like what he brings on the court is, you know, the stuff that that Golden State team needs. It's a little bit of a little bit of a Dennis Rodman type of thing, type of role where. Um, if you just look at pure stats, sometimes it's not going to look great, but you, you can't really measure what he brings to the table. And, um, you know, he might annoy you if you're on another team, he might be someone who you, you can't stand, but I, I, I do think he's a little bit underappreciated. I think he's extremely overrated. So we're going to disagree on this one. Uh, right. I mean, he's a highest paid role player in all of the NBA and, and that's what it is. He's paid like he's a star player and he's not, he's, he's a, a great role player surrounded by hall of famers is what it is. And I don't know if the man gets in the Hall of Fame or not. I have no idea. But more than likely, Steph Curry is a Hall of Famer, I would think. Kevin Durant is a Hall of Famer from when he played with him. And Clay Thompson might be a Hall of Famer when this is all said and done. So probably three guys that are probably going to be in the Hall of Fame. He benefits from having guys that can spread the floor. Jordan Poole being another guy that can help spread the floor, okay? You saw when they had injuries, he cannot score offensively. Like, he's got nothing. Yeah, absolutely nothing. He can't go be that guy. Draymond Green is as valuable as the stars that you put around him. If you put him in Detroit, he's screwed. If you put him in wherever, pick another team. He's just not going to be that good. And to me, that's kind of my first issue is I think he's overrated and overly hyped. He is a uh, aggressive, physical, sheriff-type guy that's going to stick up and fight for his guys and not let anybody punk Steph Curry and do that type of stuff and be, I, I would say, fake tough guy out on the court and you know and do what they do in the NBA, talk a lot, shove here and there, and that's about the extent of it. So that that's kind of his role. An excellent passer for what his position is. He's a great passer, great vision, can dribble the basketball a little bit. That's fine. A decent rebounder. He's not like Hall of Famer, like Rodman necessarily rebounding the ball, but he's okay uh, as far as rebounding the basketball. Uh, and you're right. He has kind of been that glue guy, that heartbeat of that organization. I don't know if that's still the same, though. And when we talked about it uh, in the last podcast, it was everything kind of changed when he hit pool. Everybody kind of came to pool's defense and nobody really had Draymond's back in that whole thing publicly or privately, like kind of everybody was like, dude, you screwed up. Like you're completely in the wrong on this whole deal. Uh, and now he kind of, it feels like trying to get back in to kind of make this whole thing right. And if they're going to get to that point where they can win another championship this year, and I still think they figure this out. If they're going to get back to that point, this team just has to come together more. That That's kind of the issue. I just don't know if they're all on the same page, pulling in the same direction right now. I think there's the there's the young core, the young guys faction, right? Pool and those guys coming on Kaminga and when Wiseman gets back and those guys. And then you've got the old guys that have been there before. Uh, and last year, as it was told to me, the old guys were kind of pulling the young guys along, showing them the ropes. And now it kind of feels like the reverse is kind of happening where the young guys now are kind of feeling themselves a little bit. And you kind of got that going on. So that that is one aspect of Draymond Green 
that you have to consider. I think the other aspect is what you talked about, which is off the court, doing his podcast, saying what he's going to say. He's going to bring the circus to town when he's there. When he gets in front of a microphone, everybody's going to come. He can provide distractions and all kinds of other stuff that you do not need. When you have a veteran-laden team with superstars, like you said with Robin, when you had Jordan and Pippen, you can rise above that and it doesn't bother you. It's Dennis being Dennis, whatever, and you just move on. When you have younger guys that are in that locker room that are playing pivotal roles, sometimes they're not able to rise above all these side side distractions that are going on and so forth. So again, Draymond can be a problem. That pool fight that happened, I firmly believe he wasn't mad at pool. He was mad that he didn't get taken care of before pool. He was mad that I think the realization hit him that Golden State was not going to roll with him long term, that this was going to be probably about it. And this is about coming to the end here because apparently he wants max money. He does not deserve max money from anybody. So if that's going to be his way of thinking that he deserves that money and it's going to be the end of the line in Golden State, I think there's a lot of frustration boiling over with Draymond Green. And then last night, you see in that game, him and that fan yelling back and forth, and he says his life was being threatened and whatever else. Who knows? I have no idea if that was going on or not. That needs to stop, right? Just in general. I don't care if it's Milwaukee or anybody else. Don't be don't be talking stupid crap like that, right? If you want to say, hey, man, you're the best role player in the league or most overrated role player in the league or whatever, whatever, that's fine. Do what you got to do. You want to boo a guy, fine. Wave your arms, distract him during a free throw, fine, whatever. But all that personal stuff, and that's just uncalled for. That's not necessary. You should be kicked out and not never let back in that arena again if that's what was going on. We've only heard his side. Who knows who the guy is that was yelling at him, and nobody really cares at this point probably. But that stuff can't happen. But but that's that's the thing with Draymond. Like, there's so much that comes with this dude. And when you're rolling and you've got the right guys, he could be huge and instrumental. When you're not rolling, he can be a big distraction and sideshow that's not worth the money that you're paying. Yeah, I can I can agree with that a little bit where, you know, for a while I think it didn't matter necessarily what he was doing off the court or what, you know, that he was, you know, as you as you said, it bringing the circus to town, like because those guys just they had been together, they were, you know, they were so good that it just didn't really matter. And now with younger guys, it might be okay, you gotta you gotta bring it in a little bit. You can't, you know, always be acting like this. Um, but and and I do think too, like with with being, you know, you say, you know, most overpaid and stuff like that, like that's that's fair. Again, when you look at exactly like the the numbers he puts up and stuff like that, and he is a role player, one hundred percent. And he's paid not like a role player. I can understand saying he's overpaid, but at the same time, do they win those championships without Draymond? In my opinion, no. So he kind of has a justification for saying pay me because if he leaves, I don't think they. I, I I'm not entirely sure they win any of those championships without Draymond. Personally, let me ask they, you this: Yeah, it, is it easier for Golden State to replace Draymond Green, or is it easier for Draymond Green to go somewhere else and have the same success? Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I think, I think it's slightly easier for them to replace Draymond Green, but I think both are very, very difficult. Like it, both are difficult. And so to me that, that he has, they both kind of have some leverage there where it's like, okay, go somewhere else, you know, have fun, not 
you know, winning anything and being, being bad for another team because you're not going to be as good without us. But then there's also his side of, okay, I'm going to leave and you guys aren't going to be as good because you don't have, you know, Steph and Clay and those guys, they're, they're awesome, but they're not Draymond Green in terms of, you know, again, the, the stuff he brings to the table where he's barking at guys and he's, um, you know, getting on the, the refs and kind of bringing that energy that, that they just don't like, that's not their style. Um, you know, Curry's a leader. I'm not saying he's not a leader, but he's not that type of leader. And I think you need someone like that a little bit. The Bucks kind of have it with like a Bobby Portis type of player where if Bobby's not there, it just, you know, Giannis isn't that type of guy necessarily where he's going to always be yelling and getting guys faces. I think there's something valuable to that. So again, it goes both ways. I, I just have a hard time, you know, and, and I, I don't, I don't know how necessarily you can call him overrated right now because do it. Does do people rate him very highly? Like he used oh to be, my I God, come on. get so much credit for being such a great player because Doesn't, of like, like you said, the championships. I feel like, but I feel like my opinion is a little bit right now, at least a little bit more unpopular where I think most people are going to hate on him a little bit. And you think so? I personally think so. I think before, I think if you said this in 2016, it'd be more like everyone kind of appreciates him a little bit more and gives him more love. But I think, I think now it's, I think now it's like, people are just a little bit, I don't know if they're sick of him or just whatever, but I, I don't, I I don't think people love him. I don't think he's like super well-liked or well-appreciated and stuff like that. We used to talk about Draymond on the big show and he was like Leroy's favorite player, you know, outside of Kobe Bryant, just Leroy just thought Draymond was all of that uh, and more. And I would always say, dude, he's so overrated. He's just a glorified role player. That's all he is. Leroy. Oh, he's the best. Blah, 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 blah. And maybe he was needling me more than anything else, but I really do believe he loved Draymond. And a lot of guys love Draymond. Now, maybe his mouth got him to have less fans at this point because he as a player hasn't really changed. And as you were talking in my brain, I'm thinking to myself, okay, where could he go where he would be as instrumental? And the first team that came to my mind would be Boston replacing an Al Horford. Al Horford retires. Draymond slides in uh, and is that guy with Tatum and Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown. Those guys have been around the league a long time. They can rise above the Draymond stuff. But again, now you've got Jason Tatum. You've got Brown Smart. All of them can spread the floor a little bit and, and provide those shooters. He can spread the floor a little bit as well. I think that works. And, and maybe that's that piece that maybe they need to get over the hump at some point in Boston. I don't know. But that would be one team that I could think of off the top of my head. Because you you cannot put him on a team that's on the way up. You have to put him on a team that's there that can't get over the hump to help him get over the hump. He's not a guy that you can put on a, a team that's hoping to be 500 this year. Because I, I just, I don't think he works on one of those teams. I, I think for the amount of money you're paying, the fan base would be very mad that he doesn't have a bigger impact. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I don't think he's someone who's going to, um, you know, again, for the amount of money he's paid, I don't think he's going to come in and completely change a team and turn the whole thing around. And, um, you know, somewhat similar to uh, what we see, what we've seen with a Rudy Gobert, where, you know, they trade for him and you're thinking, could this kind of unlock everything? And, you know, they right. definitely over, it was like, yeah, they're definitely overpaid, but could this take them to kind of a championship level? And we're kind of seeing, no, it hasn't. And, you know, maybe he just doesn't have that impact that some might, you know, I, I personally thought he had that kind of impact and it's kind of been proven wrong this year that, um, you know, what he brings, he, it's a little bit more dependent on what's around him. It's, um, you know, he's not the type of guy that's going to just come in and change everything. So yeah, I, I can agree with that where you, you need, there, there's only 
a couple teams that he actually works on and it would have to be someone who is right there and just needs that piece. But. I'm telling you right now, if, if you're going to tell me, okay, I got to pay somebody $20 million a year, $25 million a year. I mean, he wants way more than that, but let's say it's say it's 20 or $25 million a year. I think he's making like 17 or 18. So let's say it's that much money. Who would I rather give the money to? If I'm any team in the NBA, would I rather give it to Draymond Green or Bobby Portis? I give it to Bobby Portis every day of the week. I wouldn't think twice. Wouldn't think twice. He's a great teammate. He can score at a much higher clip on a more regular basis than Draymond Green can. He can rebound just as well as Draymond Green can. Like, for me, I'd rather give that money to Bobby Portis and roll with Bobby Portis than spend that same amount of money on Draymond Green. And I'm saying if I'm anybody in the league. I'm not saying, you know, two or three teams like we're saying Draymond could fit into. I think Bobby Portis makes more sense. If I took Bobby Portis, and put him in Golden State in place of Draymond Green, I think they're just as good, if not better. I agree with everything up until the last one, because I think the only team that I wouldn't do that for is Golden State, just because he fits there. He's, you know, with those guys and everything. Um, I wouldn't, if I was them, I wouldn't exchange that. But I do think... Well, I wouldn't you know, exchange again, it if I was the Bucks. I don't want him in Milwaukee, so don't worry about that. Yeah, yeah. I'm Again, the only team that I think, pers- if I was them, I wouldn't do it is Golden State. Other, otherwise, you know, as you said... Bobby, typically, he hasn't been great this year, but typically is a better shooter, pretty much just as good of a rebounder. He's the same type of, like, energy type of guy. It's not like he doesn't bring that part to the table. Right. Um, you know, Draymond's a better defender, but uh, I think when you when you weigh it all together, I, I you know, Bobby's right up there, if not better, so. I should we put that on Twitter and see what people think. Uh, okay, let's uh, go to the last topic here on green and growing. Again, don't forget, always available wherever your favorite podcasts are that you listen to. Tell your friends, tell your family members. Still getting word out on green and growing. Nathan Marzian, Bucks super fan, and Nathan Marziano, myself, C Sparky Pfeiffer, twelve fifty AM. The fan follow us at Sparky Radio. Uh, okay, are you okay? with Giannis continuing to shoot jumpers, even when they aren't falling, and they were not falling uh, against Golden State. And he still found his way to 30 points, even with his jumpers not falling. And they were making a point on the broadcast on TNT, like he just continues to shoot jumpers when he does not have to. He does not need to shoot these jumpers. He can just be who he is and just forget about shooting the jumpers and just be aggressive going to the rim and do it that way. But he insists on shooting these jumpers. And then when he did hit a jumper, you see him throw up his hands like, finally, I hit a damn jumper. And again, it's not because he's not working at it. I mean, guy works constantly on on trying to get better. Sometimes you're just not going to have nights where you're going to shoot the ball very well. The difference is when other guys have nights where they don't shoot the ball very well, they don't score. He doesn't shoot the ball very well, and he still gets 30. So as a Bucs fan, I go, "Eh, he didn't shoot the ball well. Okay. It's not like he didn't contribute to the basketball team and wasn't a part of the key part of them winning the game. He still contributed in numerous ways of, of helping them win the game. So... For me, I don't really care. I mean, if you want to shoot jumpers, Giannis, you go right ahead and shoot jumpers. As long as you're still getting your points and still helping us win, then continue to work on your craft and do your thing. I don't, me personally, like seeing him shoot threes. Um, I know he's going to, uh, but I think there should be some type of limit on that. Like, hey, look, you missed your first three of them. We don't need to shoot any more threes tonight. We can move on, right? If you hit your first couple and you want to shoot a couple more, okay, fine. But I don't want to see like 0 for 7 from 3, and he doesn't do that. But that would be the one instance where, okay, I'd have an issue. But outside of that, you want to take a bunch of 15, 18-foot jumpers and work on your craft during the regular season? Have at it, Nathan Mars, yeah? Yeah, he – the times Giannis actually has, you know, somewhat bad games where he's not as impactful is more when he's not aggressive than when he's, you know, shooting jumpers too much. Like, he shoots the jumpers too much, and people complain about it, and 
it's frustrating to watch when it's not going in. But like last night, he still had such a huge impact on that game. Yep. Like if you watch the game, you were like, yeah, Giannis had a good game. Like it, it wasn't, you know, he, he couldn't hit a shot to save his life out from outside, but he still had a good game and, you know, pretty much controlled it on, on, you know, both ends of the court. And it's like, I'd much rather have that than him not shooting much at all and being passive and kind of being timid and turn the ball over and whatever. Cause it's like, you know, okay, you're missing some shots, whatever. He's still no, the, the thing is he knows where his bread is buttered. He knows if he really, really needed to bucket that desperately, he can go in the paint, get fouled, get to the line, you know, score down low. Um, and particularly, you know, normally I look, I go into most games and I'm, I want Giannis to shoot a couple jumpers. I want him to shoot a couple mid ranges, keep the defense honest, couple threes, not too many, you know, if he's missing, okay, stop it. You know, like I wouldn't, you know, I, I didn't like seeing him do that last night, but if there is a game where he can shoot 10 or 12 or 14 or whatever, how many jumpers he took, even when he's struggling, it's the game when you're up by 20, you know, and you're in the second half, you know, from the second half on, they were pretty much up. They started up 12 and then I think it got up to 20 quickly. It wasn't really that close. And you're like, okay, screw it. You know, work on your game a little bit, try to get some jumpers, get your rhythm down a little bit. Cause you can afford to, um, it's not like they're playing from behind and like really need buckets desperately. So if, if there was a game where I'm okay with it, it's that one. And again, I'd rather see that than see him being passive and not willing to shoot because, you know, we see it Ben Simmons. Like, would you rather him be like that and just, Oh, I can't shoot. Okay. I got to, you know, and then the defense just is laughing at you. It's like, no, you know, shoot the ball. If it's not going, it's not going in. He's going to have games where he hits four mid ranges. He's already had that this year and hits a couple threes. And you're like, Holy cow. His shot looks amazing. He's not a naturally great shooter, so it's going to be nights where it looks terrible. But as I mean, he's keep shooting and whatever. The thing for me is going to be what happens when we get to the playoffs, right? So you can do this stuff in the regular season, and that's fine. But when you get to the playoffs and you get to the Eastern Conference Finals or you get to the NBA Finals, and he has one of these games, is because no coach is going to tell him not to shoot, not on this team, right? Will he himself stop shooting? In a fourth quarter, if he's not making jumpers and it's a two-point game with six, seven minutes to go, will he just say, to hell with it. I'm going to shot all night. I'm just going. And then you get a couple of dumb charge calls or whatever the case may be. Like, where is where is he going to be mentally when it's not there in a Eastern Conference Finals game or a, or, or a Finals game? Will he just abandon it and pass up a 15-footer wide open to kick it to Middleton or Drew or give the ball to somebody else instead of, taking that shot when it's there. If that happens, I think Bud will yell at him. But that's something I don't know if we've really seen him. Because last night, I don't know if there's been many of those games that I can remember in recent memory where he's missed that many jumpers throughout the course of a game. I feel like he hits a lot more than one. I think he only hit one jumper last night. I mean, that that's not good. So he actually, I do remember a game he did this in the playoffs. Um, and so I, I do believe he would continue to shoot he's not going to say oh my jumper's off i gotta i gotta stop shooting he's gonna continue to shoot it won't be to the level it was last night because last night was a level where you like it got to a point where i'm like he's literally just working on his gate like he's literally trying to just hit one to get his confidence back and doesn't you know again this they're up 20 if they're up 20 in the playoffs i'll still be fine with it because it's like you're, you you have the margin for error there sure as long as the game's not close yeah so and he, and he knows that he's not you know i think he knows okay if this was a close game I got to do what we need to do to score, but I have a little bit of room here to like, they're leaving me open. I got to try to get one down and get my confidence back. So, which is fine, but we saw in, it was game three against Brooklyn. 
he kept shooting threes, kept shooting threes, and every one of them was missing. I I want to say he was either 0 for 7, 0 for 8, or 1 for 8, or 1 for 7. Something I went off on the air after that, yes. And I was, you know, that was one of those games where you were like, dude, like, stop. I was at the game, and it was just like, stop shooting Giannis. Like, he'd come up with the ball, and everyone's just like, no, no, no. Right. And he would shoot it and miss. And I think he ended up making one. I, I don't – I think so. But, you know – that's one like that kind of shows me that he's he's just of the mindset like, you know, if they're going to leave me open, like I got to have the confidence to shoot it. And, and that's a but but that's a but philosophy, too. And that's just not just Giannis. That's the whole dang team. Like he tells everybody that like yeah. if you're open, shoot the damn ball, like have some confidence in yourself and shoot the ball. And Boonholzer, I would say, for the most part, has been very consistent on that since he's gotten here from Atlanta. Like Brooke Lopez, work on shooting your threes, buddy, because we need you shooting threes. Drew Holiday, work on shooting your threes because you're going to be taking a bunch of them. Like he's been very consistent on everybody on that roster being told, be ready to shoot. If you're open, shoot it. And I think, you know, I don't mind it because it, it I think it messes with you more mentally when you're like told, if you, you know, if you miss three, stop shooting and like don't shoot. It messes with you more mentally then if you stop shooting than it does if you miss. Cause I think, you know, if as long as you still have the confidence to like step up and shoot a shot. And you're not thinking, oh, my God, I shouldn't be shooting this. Like, the coach is going to get mad at me if I shoot this. Like, whatever. If he knows, okay, Bud's going to let him shoot as long as he's open. You know, he's not taking horribly shots. contested shots. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, I think that helps you get going a little bit compared to if you're worried about coach is going to be mad, then it's going to just throw you off even more. So I don't mind that. And that game, that, that the game three that I was talking about, it wasn't, you know, he did shoot a lot of threes. And it was like people were, you know, getting annoyed with it. But that was only like seven. This wasn't like last night where he literally took like 14. Um, so I still, like I said, it, it'll there will be times where if his shot's off, it'll still be like, you know, shoot a little bit too many maybe, and maybe people are going to get frustrated. But um, it won't be to the level it was last night, and it, it, I still don't think it's that bad of a thing. As long as we're, we're ahead, it's not costing us too much. Right. And That's just it, right? So if you're in a close game and he's continuing to take shots and he's missed all night – then I think everybody's going to get frustrated. Like, dude, you're killing us. You're absolutely killing us. Middleton's rolling and you're taking shots or holidays going and you're taking shots. Like in, in those situations has got to be either you're going to the rim or you're passing that basketball and letting somebody else get going, or you're driving and kicking to an open shooter. Right. Because again, I don't, I don't know how he thinks when he's out there. Only he knows how he thinks, but he is all about winning that much. I know. Right. That dude wants to win rings. He wants to be one of the greatest ever or the greatest ever, however he goes about looking at this. So he wants to win. He's always kind of been that team first guy, or at least that's how I look at him. So I think if you get into that situation, I don't, maybe I'm wrong. You know, if he's 0 for 5 from three and they're down two, I don't think he takes that three, you know, in the closing seconds to try and win the game. I don't. I think he either passes it up and goes or, passes the basketball or something. I don't know if he tries to shoot it knowing that they possibly lose the game if he misses the shot. Maybe he does. Maybe he does rise up 0 for 5 and tries to take another 3. I have no idea. Yeah, I don't. I And I do think there's a difference between the mid-ranges and the 3s here because the 3s he's just never been good at and right. never been consistent with. Mid-range he's shown like he's shown times even like the whole last year he was good at them and so he's at least shown that like he can make that shot sometimes. And you're not like when he shoots that there's part of you that says that might go in. And so I think, you know, if it's a mid range, I'm not nearly as mad at it. If, you know, even, if he's, even if he's struggling a little bit Yep. and you know, if, he, if they're leaving him open from 
15 feet away. It's like, I don't mind if you shoot the ball. Like I'm not going to get mad at that. That's, that's not a bad shot. Um, so there's a difference there. Whereas with the threes, it's like, okay, dude, like you, you, you've had 10 years of being a bad three point shooter. Like it's not happening. Like that's just a bad shot. Um, so yeah, I agree. And, but as you said, it's good to know, like, it's good in the back of your mind. You're like, he's not like a selfish player. That's trying to get his own stats and like worries about himself. He he's going to try to do what he thinks is best to win the game. He's not going to be out there just looking for his own personal, you know, personal stats. He is Nathan Marzian, C Sparky Pfeiffer with you green and growing baby. All you got to do to download it: Google podcast, Odyssey, Spotify, Apple podcast, we're everywhere you want us to be. Tell everybody that, you know, follow Nathan Marzian on Twitter at Nathan Marzian, me at Sparky radio at 1250 AM. The fan, uh, a lot of the links come from uh, that Twitter account as well. When we post the stuff, otherwise just check green and growing, uh, the, the feed and normally it gets posted every Wednesday and Friday morning when you wake up, boom, it's there. Uh, Cause we normally record at night on Tuesdays and Thursdays. This week's a little bit different because the bucks play and we're not going to record against the bucks. That makes no sense. Uh, so this one obviously will be posted first thing on Thursday morning. So enjoy the rest uh, of your day. Thanks for listening. And uh, we will talk to you next week as we get uh, a little bit closer to the holidays uh, being upon us. Nathan Marzion, have a good one, buddy. You too, man.